good morning. Now it's a little later in my morning and uh, so I, I I just say that to encourage you to say, hey, you know, when I say, you know, whether it's early or late, I mean it. Um, you know, you may have noticed if you're just looking at date stamps on these that there are days that I miss, days that I, I just don't have time to record. And so I've got to sort of make up my devotions on the fly. And it's not ideal because you want to prioritize God, but there there are those days that I just, I lose control of my time. So, but today we're going to hop right into Psalm 11. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. In Jesus' name, amen. In the Lord I put my trust. How can you say to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow on the string, that they may shoot secretly at the upright in heart. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold... His eyelids test the sons of men, but the Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence his soul hates. Upon the wicked he will rain coals, fire and brimstone and a burning wind shall be the portion of their cup. For the Lord is righteous, he loves righteousness, his countenance beholds the upright. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's jump into Matthew chapters 5 and 6. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. In Jesus' name, amen. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall seek see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is satisfied. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. 
You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge. The judge hand you over to the officer and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black, but let your yes be yes and your no, no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. 
And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore, if therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not more, much more, clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And finally, let's jump into Romans. We're reading out of chapters 5 and 6 today. 
May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. In Jesus' name, amen. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now been received, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, that is, Adam, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense, for if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace... uh, and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as through one man's offense judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came, came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many were made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be, uh, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him, 
knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead, indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, but you are not, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. But just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice. I ask that you would bless them and you would lift them up, that you would hear the cry of their heart, Lord God, and that you would attend to it. But Lord God, even more, that you would draw them closer to you and that where it's difficult to detach from the world because the world gets its hooks so deep into us that we would really live in holiness. Holiness not being not meaning to be better than the world, but to be set apart. And you are better than the world, God. And if we can imitate your holiness, then yeah, then we're better than the base things of the world, the, the terrible things, Lord God, that lead to sin, that lead to death but not because of us, but because you sent your son to die and to impute his righteousness to us, to give us his righteousness. So that when you see us, you see him. You don't see the the problems that we have and the failures. Lord God, you see Jesus shining perfect righteousness, sinless in his life and, and in his death, Lord God. So I thank you for sending your son and I thank you for helping everyone under the sound of my voice to live less like the world and more like Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I know that the chunk of Romans that we read today was difficult. Um, Not necessarily doctrinally difficult, but Paul, um, his writing style, and I'm reading out of the New King James Version, his writing style is a little difficult to understand. Um, especially if you're listening to it, so you can't see the punctuation. Um, In chapter 5, he is talking about, you know, where sin is, you know, where there's a lot of sin, there's got to be a lot of grace for Christians who are born again. 
because Jesus died to take care of all of our sin. And so where there is sin, grace has to abound. Um, Grace, which is favor, uh, unmerited favor. And so where there is sin that leads to death, the unmerited favor of God forgives you of that sin. Uh, It it erases that sin. It separates you from it as far as the East is from the West. Um, But that doesn't mean that we should sin. That doesn't give us an excuse to sin. Inevitably, we're going to sin. We are sinners. We were, you know, conceived in, in iniquity and brought forth in transgression. I think that's, I think those are the two, uh, iniquity and transgression. But in any case, we are inevitably sinners. We're going to fall victim to the temptations of our bodies. And that's not to say that, uh, you know, you're not good enough and you're going to fail. That is the case, but it's not, that's not a challenge. That's not a, you know, try to be more perfect because I know I fall into that kind of, oh, if I could just be more perfect, then I wouldn't need the grace of God and then I can do this on my own. You can't. Um, And that's not for lack of trying. Uh, I, I have no doubt that if you consider yourself a good person or if you strive to be a good person, then you are trying and that is admirable. But unfortunately, just because of the nature of the world and our flesh bodies in the world, even your best try falls short. And that's why we need a savior. And that's humbling. And it's difficult for people who are really proud of their own ability to be good, to acknowledge. And those people, you know, that's why they call Jesus a stumbling block. Because you can run around thinking that you are so good at being good and then someone comes and tells you all of your good good being is worthless. It doesn't amount to a, a hill of beans in eternity because all of your sins grossly outweigh it. And so that's, that's hard for a lot of people, especially people like the Pharisees who thought that they were really, really, really good at being good. But um, yeah, so it, it's not an excuse to sin, but... Um, Then he says, you know, uh, just as through one man, sin entered the world. And he's talking about Adam. Adam sinned, and so sin entered the world. Just so, by, through one man's death on the cross, Jesus, um, you know, we we were justified. We were forgiven. Uh, Sin was essentially, uh, our sin was forgiven. Um, if you accept him as your Lord and Savior. And so I I know that I promised at the beginning of this whole thing, uh, episode one, not to uh, do too much analysis. I just, as I was reading it, I was thinking, oh boy, this is going to be, I think I'm losing people here because again, it's, it's difficult to, it's difficult to listen to and keep up with, especially the first time you hear it. Because again, you can't see the punctuation you can't see where the parentheses opens and where it closes, so you can't see where the sort of tangent break starts and ends. But in any case, uh, yeah. And then you know, don't be don't be slaves to sin. Rather, be be slaves to God because you know. I think later on, I don't know what book it is. Maybe Ephesians. He says, you know, um, the the one who is who gets saved as a slave, he's God's freedman. And the one who gets saved as a freedman is God's slave. And so if you're going to be slave to anything, only let it be God. Don't let it be uh, 
TV. Don't let it be money. Don't let it be porn. Don't let it be your friends. Don't let it be popularity. Don't let it be any of these things that are so, so, so tempting, but they're keeping you in bondage or they could keep you in bondage. So be very, very mindful of those things. Pray, ask God what kind of things you are allowing yourself to become a slave to. Um, and you know, I, I pray and I am confident that if you pray and he reveals it to you, he is faithful to free you from that. And then the next, the next step is say, Hey God, I, I want to be your slave. I want to be wholly sold out, uh, to the things of God. I just want only what you want for me. And so it's a process, but I, I pray that that process uh, can begin now, even today, maybe, and that at the end of it, you will be uh, just that much better off, really. Okay, now our, our questions for the day. Uh, what is the theme of your prayers for today? What do you have to thank God for and give him thanks for today? Who are you praying for? What are your prayers for yourself? Uh, what has God put on your heart today? And what verse are you reflecting on? Now, I hope that you have a spectacular day. And I, I know I highlighted it yesterday and I didn't finish out my prayers with it today. But uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for hearing prayer requests that I've never heard from people that I've never met. In Jesus' name. And uh, go forth, have a great day. Uh, grace and peace.